baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. I am just completing our number two of the Jim White Halloween Spooktacular, and I, for the first time, am getting a chance to listen to it, and John Reber, who's a listener to the show here, heard us talking about Jim White, and he said, oh, I got some I got some recordings of his, and I said, ooh, tell me more, and some of those recordings are his Halloween specials. They were very popular, and you as a listener probably remember them because he would do them every year for whew, how many decades? It was one of his favorite things to do was you know play out Halloween so we are going to re-air one from 1981 it's when he's at the Lemp Mansion uh well I was at the yeah I think it was fully there for the most part and then he went back to studio and then finished the show from there and I'll tell you I am so much having fun with this we're going to air it on Thursday night from nine until midnight Thursday night from 9 until midnight. That's my last show of the week is on Thursday night. And then, from what I understand, our program director, Steve Moore, said, you know, let's uh, let's play that back on Halloween night, too. So, actually, on Halloween, Jim White's spooktacular special will get one extra airing, which I think is just fantastic. So, we are going to really enjoy it. I just finished the second hour. I have one more hour to produce, and it's pretty easy to put these together. It's not like the regular documentaries that I put together. It's not like the Jim White or the Ann Key for the Robert Highland documentaries that take a lot of effort. This is, for the most part, taking an entire show and then finding the cool parts, editing them together, and trying to slide in a couple of surprises, you know, things that will really surprise you. And it's not easy to surprise a 2020 audience when you're used to working with 1981 stuff. But I think I got a, a few surprises in there. I don't want to ruin it all for you tonight. So, uh, big show planned for you. We're going to talk to our friends up in Canada. In the late shift, Eric Chapman's going to join us, and we're going to hook up Canada and the United States. Our two shows pretty much reach the entirety. Well, I don't know. That's a stretch. But with, I guess, the Internet, you can say that technically is true. But the late shift goes across Canada for a lot of the major markets here in the United States. You know, we got 35, 36 states that this signal reaches, 1120 a.m. So it kind of works I have yet to receive any phone calls from anyone that may be listening south of the border. Still, in my three and a half years hosting the show, have not received a phone call from Mexico, at least that I can remember. Maybe we have. 
but we're going to talk to them at 12.30 tonight, so about an hour and 20 minutes. We're also going to check in with our friend Johnny Rabbit. If you've been wondering how he's doing, he'll give you an update there, what he's been working on. He's got a couple of virtual presentations to work with. And we can also open things up to you. We're getting so close to the election, it's hard to believe we are this close to it. And let me give you the phone numbers, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I want to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and COVID, a couple of recommendations coming out. And, of course, they're already trying to scare you into it. By the way, Minneapolis, has they have a lot in common with St. Louis right now with some of their frustrations. There was a story from WCCO in Minneapolis, and I thought, you know, I'm going to play their new story, and if I were to just bleep out, Minneapolis and say St. Louis, you would think, wow, this this sounds exactly of what's going on here. And also, I wanted to talk about a first date that ended with the police. Sounds like one of the worst first dates ever. Uh, I, I'm sure you have your own that may actually beat this, but it would be hard to. I wanted to bring this up real quick at the very start of the show. It has nothing to do with politics or anything like that, mostly because we got certainly enough politics to hit for the rest of the show. You know, my wife mentioned this today, and she said, I don't know if you know this, but there's a proper way to dispose of diapers. Now, still, believe it or not, there are people that use cloth diapers, kind of like if you're over the age of like 70 and you think, well, that's all they had, right? The disposable diapers weren't a thing until, you know, the last couple of decades, really, before it became popular. But, you know, disposable diapers after they came into play were predominantly used and some people still use the cloth diaper. Now, they have also come a long way. I've, I've known some families that do this. Apparently, I've never actually seen it in use, but they have like a rubber type of diaper, and then you put the cloth on the inside. So if the, when the baby actually goes, it's not like it's going to leak through it under the clothes. There's like a stopper, like because the cloth is definitely not as absorbent as what a regular disposable diaper would be. So since most people use disposable diapers, they do exactly what they're designed for. You wrap them up and you throw them away. Some people have diaper pails like we do. If you don't know what a diaper pail is, it's a special place for you to insert these things. And it's so the, the mechanics of it are actually pretty genius in the way it bags things up and keeps it out of sight, out of smell, things like that. And then, you know, you tie it off and you can get it out of there because, you know, you're still a baby, but you're dealing with human waste here. So I saw this. My wife said, you know how you should technically dispose of even even the disposable diapers? They say what you should do is you take the diaper and you go into the bathroom and then you brush out all of the waste into the toilet and flush that and then you throw the diaper away. And I said, what are you talking about? What do you mean you have to? I heard that some of the, uh, like the, the, the actual reusable ones, if you're using cloth diapers, that's how they do it. Because you can't just leave it all right there and, you know, it's because it doesn't absorb. And you have to reuse them after all, so you have to get it out of there. You're not going to run that through your washing machine. But the disposable ones, I said, who does that? She's like, no one. No one does that. But technically speaking, that's what you should do. I said, there is no one that does that. There is not one person anywhere in the United States let alone listening right now, but there is not one person, and I could say this with all certainty, that takes a disposable diaper to the bathroom, brushes it out into the toilet, flushes the waste, and then disposes of the diaper separately. No one, no one does that. I thought of all the, I, th- I think about us, and we're kind of lucky and fortunate 
when we had the baby this year that I'm home a lot because I'm working from home and still doing the thing remotely. So I get a lot of hands-on time, not only with my son, but also with the baby, help my wife with this sort of thing. So I am around a lot. So I see a lot of these things. And also, I understand that since I'm around a lot, I'm able to do more of the housework. I can get a lot more things done around the house. It's not like I'm leaving for long periods of time, disappearing and coming back. I can still do things around the house fairly easy. Like, you know, even before the show or even during breaks, I can run upstairs real quick if I had to and grab something or do something. Not that I'm, I have enough time, but, you know, if there was an emergency, I could. So I'm thinking, okay, even with all this extra time to get stuff around the house, I still don't have time to walk over to the bathroom and do that. This is one of those things I learned today that I thought I would never have to learn. And now I thought so much so that's so crazy. I wanted to share it with you tonight. Why start the show that way? Why not? What would you rather talk about, politics or dirty diapers? Some would say it's the same thing. What's that old Mark Twain line? There's an old line like that. Uh, But we're going to move on and not talk dirty diapers. But I wanted to bring up that with Thanksgiving around the corner, a lot of people are looking at that as the holiday that could spread a lot of COVID. So there's some recommendations from California. (laughs) Is anyone going to voluntarily follow California's recommendations? No, just as crazy as taking a disposable diaper and wiping the waste out to flush it and then throwing the diaper away separately. This is uh, the recommendations from California are just as insane. So we'll talk about those coming up next on Overnight America, KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. Happy Halloween from Overnight America. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it's Halloween already. Yeah, we're getting close to it, and from what I understand, there was some stuff in St. Charles over the weekend. We didn't get a chance to do that, but, you know, my son likes the opportunity to get free candy. We don't really celebrate it per se. But it's just kind of fun to see my son, you know, go up there and, you know, get some candy and take it home and the excitement that's around it in that sense. 314-436-7900. And I know a lot of people appreciate the Jim White holiday special and the Jim White Halloween specials and the Jim, all of the different things Jim White put on over the years. He did so many great things. So... I thought, you know, replaying a Halloween spooktacular for the audience that may appreciate it, I'm sure that you will. And maybe getting just a little bit of a break from politics, you can also appreciate that too. So we'll be doing that this Thursday. Has anyone changed their plans for Thanksgiving because of COVID? There's a story at KMOX.com. It says cases likely to surge during a six weeks of super spreader events during the holiday season. Six weeks meaning Halloween. Oh, no, well, I, I don't know. Halloween doesn't really count for that because you're not seeing maybe the, the big gatherings inside the home. But we have uh, Thanksgiving in November. You have Christmas in December and then New Year at the end of December. 
start of January where you normally get a lot of people around. So people travel because of traveling. You could be also be traveling with the virus, picking up the virus, traveling back, doing things. So it's just like a bunch of mixing and matching. So, hey, we're going to take a little bit of your virus from over here and we're going to take it from over there. We're going to mix it and get it over here and doing that. So between Thanksgiving and New Year's, we've been seeing what they say. I'm going to read this from Dr. Carlos Del Rio, an infectious disease expert at Amra University of Medicine. Uh, Emory, excuse me, says between Thanksgiving and New Year's, we're seeing potentially six weeks of super spreader events, right, in which there's going to be getting together with family and friends. Uh, So a lot of disease could be spreading around. So some people are starting to take special precautions of what they're going to be doing next. And you can go and look at nowhere else but California to give the best recommendations. So uh, California is recommending, and their governor, Gavin Newsom, special restrictive Thanksgiving guidelines, which includes strongly discouraging singing at the festivities this year. In a tweet, uh, you know, he's talking about some of the other things that are going down. Must be held. So here's what he's saying for Thanksgiving. Must be held outside. <laughs> okay, I'll say no thanks. Guests may use the bathroom inside if sanitized. So if a guest uses the bathroom and then they come out, you have to have someone go in and clean it between guests? What? So how does that work? Are you going to have like Clorox wipes? You wipe it down and then, no, that's weird. Uh, masks on while not eating. So that's another big one. You're in your own home. <laughs> if we Singing discouraged. It says max of two hours together. <laughs> you can't. Max of two hours. I plan on eating for at least two hours during Thanksgiving this year. I mean, it takes time to cook this thing. So what are you going to do? You like you have to time it out. This is great for those that actually hate their families. So if all you're there is for the food and you want to get in and out and just show some face to the family members and you hate actually interacting with other people, this is the best guidelines ever. You're like, hey, in and out. Better yet, say, hey, 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 grandma, grandpa, uh, mom, dad, whatever. Fix me a plate. I'll take it to go. I don't need this. Wow. To me, if I were to guess, Governor Newsom over in California probably wants that very thing. Uh, let's see. Max of two hours. Oh, six feet mandated in all directions. <laughs> this is your family at Thanksgiving. Oh, man. So who's actually going to abide by this? No one. I mean, what are they going to do? Are you going to have police send over you're gonna have your neighbors with binoculars looking inside of your window oh can you believe it hey hey honey look next door that looks at least four feet apart they're not even six feet apart we got to call the cops (laughs) why why even bother being this ridiculous a lot of people would say that when it gets this ridiculous you're actually doing more harm than good because then people turn you off and that's the way it should be uh, do among other rules, three household limit. Okay, so if you are going to be getting together, only three families can get together. So meaning, if it's the parents, okay, that's one household. Grandparents, okay, that's another household. And one of the kids' families can come out. If you have more than one kid, you're done. Sorry, get out of here. Or if you are parents and you're welcoming two kids, the third one's got to go. No cousins, no brothers or sisters, no aunts and uncles. That's California. Let's see. 
Adam Carroll, the radio personality, responded on Twitter, how many of you sheep are going along with Newsom's Thanksgiving protocols? <laughs> no one. No one's going along with that. They're calling him Emperor Newsom. Says, during our allotted three-family limit this Thanksgiving, if my aunt comes over, can I throw her a slice of turkey from the window? <laughs> can I tell you a quick Thanksgiving story? This is actually a pretty good Thanksgiving story. So growing up, we'd always have Thanksgiving either at my grandma's house or our house, and it just so happened this year we had it at our house. We normally had a pretty small Thanksgiving, so it would be our family, my grandma, and my aunt and uncle would come over, and then sometimes we'd have people from outside the family. So we had some close family friends. If they wanted to celebrate with us, they'd come over. And my parents would normally cook. My grandma would bring some things, some sides to cook on the side. we eat it all together, and it was awesome. When my aunt and uncle would come out, my uncle's a big boy, all right? So you guys know a thing or two about big boys. So he was tall and he was big. So his weight was proportionate, but even bigger. At sometimes he was bigger, but then he would lose weight. He'd go through these phases. But since he was really tall, he was also big, you know? It, he wasn't skinny for tall. He, was, he definitely had some weight on him. So he would come out, and we would sit at the table, and we would eat. And he would be the kind of guy that would sweat while eating, which means, you know, you take your food intake pretty seriously if you start sweating and this thanksgiving he was really really sweating he came prepared he had a handkerchief in his pocket he knew that because of the food and its deliciousness that he wasn't going to let this pass him by and all respect to him for doing this so he's at the table he's eating he's probably on his third plate by at that point and he's talking in my day he's like so uh how do you, uh, and he's like, he's got one hand up to his forehead and he's wiping the beads of sweat. How uh, do you think, uh, how do you think the lions are uh, going to do today? And, uh, you know, he'd say this like he's trying to catch his breath while eating. And of course, in the background, we'd normally eat Thanksgiving as a lunch, not a dinner. So we'd have it early. And it would normally be right around the time the lions would start playing. And since we're in Detroit, you know, we'd always watch the lions game. Great, great tradition to watch the Detroit Lions lose on Thanksgiving. So we're eating. We're having a good time. Everything's great. And then normally there's a period before the desserts come out. We clean the table and we start to put things away. So, you know, we get all the stuff out. We start to wrap it individually. My parents are starting to put some good, you know, to-go containers for anyone that wants to take one away. You know, just a little bit of everything's so you can, you know, have another meal later. And, you know, then they get everything sliced up, cut up, whatever it is, put it away, put it in the fridge, and then comes out the coffee pot. And they were always making a lot of coffee on Thanksgiving. And then after that was the desserts. So you'd bring out the pies. You might bring out anything else that fits with this. And we'd sit down and we'd eat. So then, of course, that's round two. You just put everything you could in your stomach. You enjoyed it because it was Thanksgiving. And then you move on to the desserts. You eat it and fine. My uncle also partook in that. This is actually going somewhere, so if you think this story is going nowhere, don't worry. There's a payoff to this. <laughs> so I forgot what we did. We probably go into the living room, fall asleep watching the Lions because it's boring watching them lose every year, and then just kind of enjoy yourself. Maybe, you know, if you're a guy, you start patting your belly, enjoying it that way. I forgot what my mom and them would do inside there. I, th I think normally they'd stay at the kitchen table and catch up and, do their things, and the guys would go off and do their own things. So my uncle gets up and goes to the restroom. Now, we don't know this at the time, but he just goes off to the side. And again, let me just remind you, big dude, all right, just put down a lot of food. We're talking like if you were going to feed the lion cages, this is what it would look like. 
And he comes out, and he's got the handkerchief, and he's wiping his forehead, and he says to my dad, where do you keep the plunger? <laughs> it's, it's the words you never want to hear when there's a guest at your house. Uh, if you could think of something that would be worse to hear at your house, uh, I doubt it. I doubt there's anything, but I felt for my dad, whatever he witnessed in that bathroom, when he had to go confront it, whatever he saw, it was kind of like a war story. You don't ever talk about it again after the moment. It was once it happened, it's between you and the guys that were there, and that's it. So this is the point of the story. California says in between everyone you have to sanitize. I can't imagine the person that's got to sanitize a Thanksgiving toilet 30 times in a row. Oh, worst job ever. Was that story worth it? 314-436-7900. After the break. You know, St. Louis and Minneapolis have a lot in common. I I know these Sunday night shows. They are notoriously slower, so I do not expect you to call in if you don't want to, mostly because I know you're sitting back relaxing. This is what happens on a Sunday night. You're not used to hearing so many toilet stories in a row. But it just so happens to fit for Thanksgiving. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Happy Halloween from Overnight America. (laughs) And Overnight America continues. If you would like to call in, you can. Kind of like Mike here in South City. What's going on, Mike? Good, Ryan. Hey, there you go. What's going on? How are you? Oh, fine. I heard you talk about Thanksgiving. And you reminded me of some things. Now, this is me. A lot of people like sweet potatoes. To me, I cannot stand them. Uh, even on things that I think they taste gross, it just, I, I, it's healthy for you. But that's just some dessert I just cannot stand to eat. It's sweet potatoes. It's horrible. And I heard you talk about the bathrooms. Yeah. Uh, which you can get this with this 24-hour uh, sanitizer you spray. It kills all the germs for 24 hours. And, of course, people go to bathrooms to be respectful, you know, when you use the bathroom. And uh worst thing, uh, another thing to eat that I would not want to eat on Thanksgiving, but I would eat it some other time, is pickles pig's feet. Oh, and my what? wife likes pickle hairy. Pickled pig's feet? Yes. Uh, all right. And pick, uh, my wife quick. likes pickle hairy. Have you ever you had that? In a jar? Pickled pig's feet? Why? Yeah, it's why, in would a jar. People, why does she like that? Why do you like pickle hairy? Yeah. Mike, it you got to put good. your foot down. You cannot let her do that. <laughs> no, she likes you know, she likes it. But I tell you what I do like though, I do like uh fried pickles mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And if you want to do something I didn't plan to say this, but if you want to eat really good on Thanksgiving or never close and you want a nice breakfast, can't meet White Castle. They got the best <laughs> breakfast anytime. That's the truth and it's cheap too, because you know how cheap you are and their food yeah. is great. I just I know, had but me a slider I, there not too long ago. It's good. Yeah, 
I'm cheap when I could be cheap. I wouldn't be cheap enough to say, well, I'm going to bring the family over and serve them White Castle instead of a Thanksgiving meal. Like this year, we're actually well, having for family. Thanksgiving, don't you think? A little extra White Castle for Thanksgiving turkey? I wouldn't mind. Nah. Well, you know, some people actually use the uh, White Castles as stuffing, so you can make that into its own type of stuffing that you could serve with the turkey. It's like a White Castle stuffing. Yeah. You like sweet potatoes? Good. No, it's no good. You're, 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 that's the one thing you're right about. Not right about the pickles pig feet, but the sweet well, potatoes I, you're right on. Uh, some things don't sound good or are good, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't imagine that being good. All right, Mike, good to hear from now, you. Thank you very much for calling Oh, what's that, Mike? You said I one tried. other thing. Yeah, try. Tell your you got to tell your wife no on the pickled feet. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Ha- all right. Have a good night. Bye. That's to me right off the bat. If my wife ever says what we're gonna do is we're gonna try pickled pig's feet tonight, the answer is no. No. You know, I the little sway I have left when it comes to decisions around the house. This is an easy one. So I'm looking at it online. And there's videos of people trying these things. And you want to guess the face of these people as they try this? It's all the face you're about to give before you lose the contents of your stomach. So according to Wikipedia, pickled pig's feet is a type of pig associated with the cuisine of the southern United States, Mexican, Chinese, Italian, Scandinavian cuisine. The feet of domestic pigs are typically salted and smoked in the same manner as the pork cuts, such as hams and bacon. Um, So... An ounce of pickled pig's feet, 40 calories, which is pretty low, uh, 268 milligrams of sodium. A little bit of protein in that, too. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's a hard pass. I, I can't imagine a scenario where I would even think about eating pickled pig's feet at all. 314-436-7900 if you want to call in. And here in the city of St. Louis, the homicide count has been updated to earlier today from the St. Louis Police Department. And as of right now, in 2020, we have 214 homicides registered. That's the current number, at least up to the last time they changed the stats as part of the St. Louis Police Department. Remember, we had two, uh, let's see, 205 in 2017, and that was a high point just a few years back. And you started to go down in 2018, then right back up in 2019. But we're still way over that, and we're still trending because we are end of October. We still got two more months. Now, some people are wondering, are we going to have more homicides than COVID deaths this year? You can look and track both of those and say, wow, that is amazing to me. Uh, open cases of those 214, 158 are still open cases. Man, we got such a crime problem. There's a story from WCCO in Minneapolis. You'll hear this and you'll think, wow, you would think they sent someone to the streets of St. Louis and they recorded this story and just said it was in Minneapolis because it seems like we are going through some very similar problems right now. Now, keep in mind the demographic of Minneapolis that had an area of town that was completely under siege for how many days because of the protests that were going on and the violence and the riots and the people getting hurt and the buildings getting burning down and the the police precincts and just complete anarchy going down in Minneapolis over and over again. And then you had elected officials crying about defunding the police and just going over and over and over again. So WCCO went to the streets and talked to people about, oh, how's things going, by the way, with this cry to defund police? Well, 
I think they're a little bit uh, upset about it because here's the headline. Eight Minneapolis residents sue city for lack of police protection. And I thought, ooh, take note, St. Louis. Is it possible to sue the city for not giving proper policing. For several months, people who live in the Jordan neighborhood have been asking for police protection. Every single night on any block in this neighborhood, you can hear gunshots every single freaking night. All right, where do you think that's at? If you had to guess, Minneapolis or St. Louis. Every single night on any block in this neighborhood, you can hear gunshots every single freaking night. Today, a judge heard their pleas for help. We didn't get anything, we think, from the city and their affidavits they provided or today in court that would actually indicate that they have enough police on the force to keep Minneapolis safe, according to the city charter. All right, so they have a city charter. The city charter says you need this many police officers in order to essentially run the city and protect the city. And the lawyer for these residents who are fed up with the lack of policing and lack of support because they're not giving uh, the proper resources necessary to the city because of this. Uh, They just said, fine, we're going to keep you to the charter. We're going to sue you. And good for them. According to attorney James Dickey, city charter says a minimum of 753 officers is needed to protect residents. He says the city would not say how many officers are actually on the street. There's some obfuscation and some disagreements as to what that number is. We believe that part of the apathy of the city is an unwillingness to look itself in the mirror and say, what do we look like? What do we have and what do we need? Former city councilman Don Samuels and his wife Sandra say they were offended when city attorney told the judge the lawsuit has no standing because none of the plaintiffs have been hit by gunfire. Isn't that something? How would you like to be the lady up front? I mean, you're, you're sitting there, and this is what you know in your neighborhood. Every single night on any block in this neighborhood, you can hear gunshots every single freaking night. And the attorney says, yeah, but you didn't get hit by one of them, so you got no reason to complain. That's what the city attorney in Minneapolis is telling its people. Isn't that crazy talk? Think of it here in the city of St. Louis. Oh, well, uh, you're fed up with all the homicides, but yeah, have you actually been shot yourself? Uh, see, see, you you really don't have anything to complain about right now if you're upset because there's a lack of policing as we're still trying to figure out the best way, to, at least in St. Louis. I'll give them some credit. There has been some moves in order to help with the residency issue in order to at least recruit and get some more people here. Now, they are at a lower level than what they're approved to do, and at least they're moving in the right direction. But, man, they got to fix this quick. Now, the residents that are suing are going to have to try to figure out how much legal jujitsu that the city is going to be putting through here in order to try to justify, oh, no, we do have enough people. So I'm going to guess they're going to count like meter maids, (laughs) the ones that are like, on. hey, we're here to give tickets onto the street. So, you know, that's like, That's equal to someone on patrol that we would send into a neighborhood when there's gunshots or probably even worse. I mean, they're they're probably going to count. Oh, I don't know. The the, the dogs, I think they say, how many canines do we got? Because that's going to count towards the number two. You know, they're going to do everything they can to get this up there. But we're talking about actual people on the streets that are going to be the ones that uh, respond to a call. What's that number? at? And if they can't answer that and they're playing around, then, you know, the number's low. And why wouldn't they have that answer readily available? Why wouldn't they give that answer up? 
like to get standing, we need to take a bullet. Right? We've seen our 20-year-old. We know the six-month-old who's in the car when her mom gets shot up. They blame the city council's talk of defunding police for the rise in violence. We walked outside, and I pulled this bullet out of my house. It's holding one up. Out of my home, out of my siding. Residents say they support police reform, but they also need police protection from the criminal element invading the city. Oh, no, no, you don't understand. Wait, haven't you heard? No, 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 haven't you heard? The police are the bad guys. No, no, no. Hey, guy that pulled bullet out of your house. No, 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 no. You don't have to be worried about that. It's the police you need to be worried about. Ugh. I've rolled my eyes so hard I went blind. That's the kind of mindset we're dealing with in this country right now, where if you live in a part of town where you hear gunfire every night and you got bullet casings in your yard and you got slugs or whatever in your siding and you are fed up with it because the police number isn't rising and they have a minimum they have to get up to and their response is well we're not going to tell you how many police we have and by the way you haven't been shot yet have you so I guess things are all okie dokie give me a break I mean that's something that would infuriate me even more now let's hope that they get that let's hope here to be a warning in St. Louis because almost you can see and hear the exact same things going on in our streets. If it's North Minneapolis, it's North St. Louis. How many times have we heard the story about just, oh, we hear gunshots on the regular? How many times have we heard the stories of kids and innocent bystanders getting shot, people just in their homes laying down, and all of a sudden a straight bullet comes through there? How many times have we heard these stories impact us? And now when we go back and look at the statistics in the city of St. Louis, we're up to 214 homicides, 214. We're not doing ourselves a favor right now. We need to address this too. Good for Minneapolis. I hope they get it. And maybe I'll have to talk to some of my friends up there. That was from WCCO, residents suing the city for lack of police protection. wonder if that's a route we can go. <laughs> it's Overnight America. KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Happy Halloween from Overnight America. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, welcome back to Overnight America. And we are getting so close to the election night on Tuesday of next week. So we're just a little over a week away. And I got to say, I'm not uh, too excited. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. It's a nerve-wracking night. And I'm sure this week we're going to get a lot of people that will have a lot of different predictions. And I'm sure that you'll be more than willing to uh, talk about those things. I'm still trying to figure out a way where we might be able to do something different um, on, on election night. So Camo X is going to be doing something a little different. So it's basically going to be covered more or less uh, through the newsroom on that Tuesday night. And I'm going to be doing a video feed for our digital stuff. So the Camo uh, X Facebook and Twitter. And I don't know if they're going to put a link up on the website. I think they should. But that night... I'm hoping that we get an opportunity to uh, hook it up in a way where we can actually take some of your reactions and things because I do want to make sure we keep that open. But it could be a long night. It could be a short night. We just don't know. And that's kind of the beauty of election night and also the terror of election night. Ooh, I think some people may be scared. 
I wanted to bring up this one quick story, and I saw this over in Tulsa, ABC 8, the, the KTUL in Tulsa, brought this up. Said the police say a couple's first date ended in a way they didn't want to. Uh, University of Tulsa campus, just after midnight, an officer had to pull over a pickup truck. That's how many times things just start to work. Got to pull a quick uh, pullover. And I know when you're on a college campus, you don't exactly know what to expect. I'm guessing a lot of the police officers so close to a college campus after midnight on a weekend or whatever it may be, would just assume that there's going to be some alcohol involved. A college campus? No, you would never find that there. So an officer has to be careful. A man and a woman in the truck apparently met on a dating site, and it turns out the man is wanted. So he was arrested. The woman was let go. She told officers she didn't know he was wanted. Isn't that a great first impression? How good of a first date would it have to be for your blind date that you just met up with to completely ignore the fact you're leaving in handcuffs? I mean, you would have to be a complete stud and a half in order to turn that one around and try to salvage that date because otherwise that's a pretty much deal breaker, isn't it? Or maybe she just has super low standards and she doesn't really have anyone else on the burner and no other options, and out of a desperate plea, she will say, I'll wait for you. So he was arrested. Police say he was incoherent when they arrested him. It's unclear if he was under the influence. That's another great way to go into a date, being incoherent. He is facing eluding after a formal conviction, obstructing an officer, possession of marijuana, failing to stop at a stop sign, additional charges, also being held without bond for the warrant. In court records show five different traffic and or drug cases against him. Wow, you're telling me that there's a track record there? No. I, I find that first dates, and I'm so glad I'm past that in my life. I am just thrilled. I don't have to worry about the whole dating scene anymore because... In retrospect, you look at it and you say, what a mess all of that is. It's just not easy to do. It doesn't matter. And a lot of times, what happens? You get your uh, hope set up all for it to be crushed right back down, and it basically demotivates you to do anything else in the future. So I look at the scenario I'm in right now, and I say, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's stories like this that make me take a mental note and say, uh, note to self, do something nice for my wife tomorrow so I don't ever have to be in this scenario. Now, I'm not one to be under the influence of anything. Uh, Don't drink, don't smoke, or any of that stuff. So you're not going to find me at least getting in trouble in that sense, but just to have to go out on a date. Nothing ever, uh, there's nothing about what happened to the girl. You know, what did she think about all this? I would like to see a news report come on. Do you think she had to call an Uber? She's driving around this guy, and she's like, oh, this is the, maybe she's happy the police showed up because he's incoherently rambling at that point. Or who knows where he was going with her. If she was a, if he was dangerous in the sense that he was wanted by the police, and who knows what, out of his mind, maybe she just had a, a an angel looking over her saying, oh, you don't want to go back with this guy. Something bad could have happened there. And she's counting her lucky stars. Call the Uber, call the friend, get it out there, and she's got a story and a half to tell other people. You won't believe it. I will probably go out there and tell that story. Oh, you're not going to be able to beat this first date story of mine. Not a chance. Ah, good old Tulsa. I'm sure there's stories like that that happen all the time in St. Louis. It's just not always easy to uh, remember them all. 
So coming up in the next hour, we do our regular hookup with the late shift up in Canada. It's going to be host Eric Chapman in tonight, and we're going to connect Canada and the United States, which is always a fun time. Uh, also coming up, I want to talk more Joe Biden gaffes. He's had a couple over the weekend, so why not pull from the greatest hits of Joe Biden gaffes? Oh, there's so many to choose from. And did you know that nearly 60 million people have already voted? That is remarkable. They are saying that this could be a record turnout. And then a little bit later in the show, too, Johnny Rabbit. Oh, so cool. Johnny Rabbit on his upcoming presentations and what he's been working on and how he's doing. All of those things coming up on Overnight America. I'm on Facebook, Ryan Wrecker Radio on Facebook, Ryan Wrecker Radio. And after that, on Twitter, at Ryan Wrecker. This is Overnight America, KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.